Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning's sermon is going to zoom in on that special meeting that was given by the chief priests and the Pharisees. So we're not really focusing on the resurrection of Lazarus. We're focusing on the people's response. This meeting that they called together, it was an emergency meeting. It was held because Jesus had performed yet another miracle. It was one of his greatest, if not the greatest miracle that he had performed up to this point. Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead, a man who had been dead for four days. This miracle was performed in front of many people, and no one could deny it. And it was not something that would soon be forgotten. And because of this miracle, many of the Jews who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, many of them believed in him. This is why the meeting in our gospel takes place. The chief priests and the Pharisees, they thought that there were too many people believing in Jesus. They were too many people were believing that he was the promised Messiah. This worried them to no end. Let's listen in on their meeting and try to figure out, as they try to figure out what in the world to do with Jesus. What are we to do, they asked. For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come in and they will take our place. They will take our nation. You can see, you can see them, you can see this picture in their own little town hall type meeting. They have concerned looks on their faces. And they can, if only this Jesus would stop, they keep thinking. They're not at all concerned about a very particular question. About whether or not Jesus really is who he said he was. They are more worried about this. Losing their place. That is their jobs, their reputation, what they're known for, and their nation. Before we, before we judge these men in the meeting house too quickly, it might do us some good to first examine ourselves. Have you ever severed a relationship in order to keep something that was temporary? Are you holding a grudge with somebody right now because you are worried about keeping something that will pass away? An example that I can think of involves children. A father tells the children that they can both split one soda. It gives them two cups and a bottle of Coke. It's Coke because this is a personal story. (laughs) So the children, they grab the cups, they get the opened Coke handed to them, they set the Cokes down, and they pour into one, 
not too much. Then they pour into the other one, not too much, just to match it. And then when they think everything is even, they notice one has just a tiny bit more than the other. And what happens? A fight ensues. A relationship between brothers. Um, I'm not going to say who started it, but a relationship between brothers is, has begun to fall apart because of a temporary thing. Something that will not last. And as we know now, something that's not even good for you. Now that's a funny way to describe a serious problem. We don't want people to have more than us. Nobody is going to take away anything from us. What we've earned, fair and square, is mine. Do you see what I mean? The Pharisees were worried about keeping their city, their positions, at the cost of their own soul. The ironic thing is that even though they killed Jesus, their city was still taken away. Even though they denied Jesus for the sake of what was still going on in the temple in A.D. 70, just as Jesus predicted, that temple where they had their identity, it was torn down. They could not stop what was going to happen. They still lost the perishable thing that they fought for. Even worse than that, it cost them their souls. If you are harboring unforgiveness in your heart, let me tell you, it's not worth it. Forgive as you have been forgiven first. Let it go and believe Christ will take care of you as he has promised. As the Pharisees continued on in their meeting about what they would do with Jesus, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand. It's better that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. Now Caiaphas thought that if they would kill Jesus, then they'd be okay, and they could go back to keeping their jobs and nations, business as usual. They thought that, this, that their sin, this killing, would be justified because it served the greater good in his mind. But the fact is, each sin deserves death. And there is no sin that accomplishes good. Sin is sin, and it's what put Jesus on the cross. The funny thing that I find about this meeting of priests and Pharisees is that none of them thought about our Old Testament lesson today. That when somebody raises another one from the dead, this is a sign that the Christ has come. They had just heard that Jesus raised up an Israelite from the grave 
and none of these Bible teachers looked up Ezekiel's vision when he raised up by the word of the Lord a whole army from the dead. They did not remember that the prophet Ezekiel said, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and I raise you from your graves, O my people. These chief priests and Pharisees were so caught up in the things, in their jobs, in their pride, that they didn't even see that Jesus was fulfilling prophecy right in front of them. They didn't even see that God loved them so much that right in their face was the love of God for the world, for them, right smack dab in front of them. Jesus called Lazarus forth from the grave after being dead for four days. This was a miracle. This was scripture being fulfilled. And sadly, these men could not see it. Are there ever times when your unconfessed sin keeps you from seeing God's love for you in Jesus? You just want to hold on to that one thing. One thing you just don't want to let go of. I'm guilty of this all the time. And it's sad. It's sad. Now, even though the chief priests and the Pharisees did not recognize Jesus as the fulfillment of the scriptures, they made prophecies about him without even knowing it. When they said that Jesus should be killed, that, they, that their nation would be saved, they were thinking of earthly things. But the scriptures tell us that what they said was by the Holy Spirit. There was an eternal truth there. What this shows is that God the Father had a plan for Jesus. He would sacrifice his only begotten son so that you and I, so that any of those Pharisees who would repent, so that any of the people, the soldiers who scourged him, any of those who would repent, they would become children of God. Before Jesus, we are all like those bones in the Old Testament. Nothing good in us. And we were as good as dead. We were like Lazarus in the grave. But Jesus has called us by his word in our baptism. Thus says the Lord God, come from the winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. What is that breath? Here, it is the word of Christ. Faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. 
In your baptism, you receive the breath of life that is the Holy Spirit, Acts 2. And because the Holy Spirit is in you, you recognize Jesus for who he is. You believe that he has taken your sins to the cross. You believe that he has died in your place. You believe the beautiful words of that hymn you just sang. You believe that you will be raised from the dead on that final day. You will be given a new body, as Paul talks of in Romans. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You will one day have a glorified body if you remain in Christ Jesus. The Pharisees and the chief priests could not see Jesus because they were concerned more about this body, about this job, about this building, about this stuff, not about this person. Do not let this happen to you. Feed the Holy Spirit in you by partaking of the gifts that Jesus earned for you on the cross. Partake of the Lord's Supper and hear the gospel as often as you can. This will sanctify you. It will strengthen you. We have a blessed promise. If only the chief priests and Pharisees could have seen what they were passing up when they convened their meeting. They would have thought that it was worth, that they would have thought that it was worth it to give up their earthly jobs, their nation, their temple. I pray that you can see that no unconfessed sin is worth it. It's not worth losing your future glory that is yours in the Lord. Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation actually waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. The entire creation is waiting to see you on the day that Jesus returns for you. To see the ones who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. To see the ones who will spend eternity gathered around his throne. Don't pass that up. It's not worth it, the things that you can hold on to right here and now. They won't last. But Jesus remains forever. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.